Let's Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome to our listeners. I'm so looking forward to our discussion today with Dr. Corinna DeBrain and speaking about a very important topic at the moment, and that is really how we can manage our stress before we burn out. Now, Dr. Corinna, this is for part of the Power Skills series that you and I have been recording. I'm just really glad to have you back with us today, and this is such an important topic. So looking forward to the pearls of wisdom you have to share with us. Welcome. Thanks, Karen. I hope that the polls are worth something to someone out there. Fantastic. Now, Karina, one of the most common statements that I'm hearing time and time again is I'm tired or I just can't anymore. And it seems to be every industry is struggling with staffing issues. Essentially, many people don't want to return to work or we're trying to get back into the swing of things, but with there's just so many illnesses around or just so many challenges, it seems, we're just not being able to get into a regular rhythm or pace. And is this partly the stress that they've been going under over the last two years? And do you now think that we're almost facing a burnout pandemic? Karen, I agree with you. I also observed that many people say I'm tired or things are getting too much. And I think the last two years or so have been tough on everyone worldwide. Not only did we have to live with a pandemic, um, everyone had been affected in some way, whether it was in terms of our health or losing loved ones and colleagues or changing the way we are working or losing jobs. And all of this in an environment that's already marked by uncertainties and changes and technological advances. I think there's so many things that that contribute to how people are currently feeling. And we know that this changing world of work offers many opportunities, but at the same time, the unfamiliarity creates uncertainty in our lives. And we know that too much uncertainty leads to anxiety, which often escalate into extremely high levels of stress. So we are talking about the last two years, but interestingly enough, in 2019 already, the World Health Organization identified burnout as an occupational phenomena. So pre-pandemic burnout specifically related to overwork was responsible for the deaths of more than 2.5 million people a year. So that is that is massive. And just going through the latest literature and speaking to clients, we see that there's an increasing focus on employee wellness. Many employers have responded by investing more into mental health and well-being programs. An interesting study that recently was done by McKinsey showed that across the globe, almost 80% of HR leaders that took part in the study reported that mental health and well-being is a priority for their organizations. And on average, one in four employees that took part in the study reported experiencing burnout symptoms. Yes, that is the current context. And although there are numerous reports of rising rates of burnout around the world, I think it's very important to maybe first define exactly what do we mean by the term burnout prior to labeling this context as a possible pandemic of burnout. Being tired or overworked and stressed 
do not define burnout per se. In the early 1980s, Christina Maslach and Susan Jackson constructed a burnout inventory which explains occupational burnout through three interrelated components. So if you just hear out for these three things, and then you will also hear that it's more serious than just being tired and overworked. The first one is emotional exhaustion, and that would include a lack of motivation, irritability, almost a feeling of hopelessness, absent-mindedness. The second element relates to a feeling of analyzation or detachment. So it's almost feeling as if you don't belong where you are or if you're not part of the team, not knowing where you fit into the system, feeling isolated. And then the third component is a sense of ineffectiveness or a lack of accomplishment. So feeling that you're not successful at work anymore, you don't reach any of your goals, you don't make a contribution anymore. You will hear burnout is much more than just being tired or stressed, but we do know that continuous and uncontrolled stress eventually will lead to or may lead to emotional exhaustion, detachment and diminished sense of uh, personal accomplishment, which could then be described as burnout. So that's a very long explanation of everything, but I think, again, yeah, we just need to understand what do we really mean by when we use the term burnout. And I think that's such an important distinction to make because certainly if you focus on anything in the media, the talk is a lot about burnout. But as you're saying, not everybody is there and feeling stressed and tired. You've still got quite a few tools in your kit bag, surely, to use before you reach that point of burnout or where it's so much harder to come back from. And I think that is a very powerful distinction for people to make because it really does give us an opportunity to try and take back at least some control over the progression of those symptoms. So I think that's really important. And you've focused on some of the factors leading to that. But if we can come back, what's, when we talk about stress, there's obviously good stress and bad stress. But when does a person, given this context that we're currently in, when do you know it's now reaching, it's reaching a breaking point for you or a point where you might completely move over into that burnout stage and versus where you're still well or you're needing that stress to get going? So I suppose my question is really, what do people do in this situation? How do we define, how do we know that we're either close to the edge or we're still coping? It's important that we we need to look out for the symptoms. We need to be self-aware. We need to understand what's going on inside our bodies, It's what's going on inside our minds. So it's important to look out for signs such as if you feel tired, lack of energy, if you struggle to fall asleep or stay asleep or if you skip meals or without, you're not feeling hungry, if you start feeling helpless and hopeless, forgetful, absent-minded, and specifically also struggling to concentrate on your work. And then there's, of course, also a whole lot of physical symptoms that will tell you that, yes, you need to look after yourself. So, for example, having colds and flu and infections and headaches more often than usually or feeling tense and anxious or irritable, even irrational anger and depression. Um, so there's a whole lot of warning signs that, that will tell us that you need to start looking after yourself or you are heading in the direction of burnout. And I think one of the biggest signs maybe is listening to your colleagues and your family. They will tell you that what you're on the brink of burning out and you need to do something about that. Absolutely. 
And one of the things that you've touched on is when we're working in teams or what is the role of the leader or how can leaders support their teams better? How are they able to identify perhaps the signs of burnout or excessive stress within their teams and what could they do to support them further? Like I mentioned before, we've already seen an increase in an awareness of the impact of employee well-being in the workplace. And we see more budget being allocated to wellness programs. Indeed, leaders should invest in building the adaptability and the resilience skills in their teams. Um, we know that employees who are more adaptable tend to have an, an edge in managing their change or managing change around them and adversity. Um, and we also know that adaptability and resilience act as buffers to the impact of um, damaging workplace factors. But at the same time, they can also strengthen the benefit of supportive work, workplace factors. Also in a recent study, just interestingly enough, employees that form part of a resilience training group reported seven times more improvements in terms of their well-being than those in the control group. So, yes, developing these skills are important and it's important that leaders provide opportunities for employees to develop these skills. But we often think of employee mental health and well-being and burnout as a personal problem. And we think by offering resources that focus on individuals and their wellness, can prevent or solve burnout symptoms. Individual and team resilience is crucial, but individual skills cannot compensate for an unsupportive workplace. So leaders and organizations must really look at this phenomenon in a strategic way or take a systemic approach rather to improve the mental well-being. If they realize that there are high levels of burnout in their team or their organization, chances are good that the organization itself and not only the individual and the team need to undergo meaningful systemic change. Yeah, that would include looking at things like a toxic workplace, redesigning work to be more inclusive and supportive and providing um, opportunities for learning and individual growth. So, I, yeah, I think it's focusing on the individuals, but also have a broader look at what does the organization really look like and how supportive is the organization. And I think that's one of the... One of the key challenges that organizations have is because we they are trying to show that there is a lot more support, but it seems to be that we're buying in courses or buying in programs, et cetera, that aim very much towards the individual, but we're not taking that systemic view. And I think that is critical because if your team or if your organization does have a high rate of burnout or there's a lot of high rates of absenteeism, Essentially, it should be one of those warning signs that there is actually something wrong with the system and we need to fix the system as well as the individual. I think that's a very, very good point. Yeah, and I think also the way that the, the world of work has changed, the way that we are working, our teams, teams or individuals in teams are dispersed across the, the globe now. And so it is really redesigning, rethinking how we work, what do we need, what measures do we put have to put into place? The water cooler isn't there physically anymore for, for mm. supportive discussions and things like that. So 
it's really not just a matter of, yeah, now the pandemic is over and now we just continue working in the same way because we're not working in the same way. Absolutely. And I think it's an important point that leaders do take this opportunity to really pause and reflect and see what we can do and take that time to reimagine because it seems that everybody's just everyone's just trying to get back on on board and we're not stopping to really think. We're just trying to replicate using technology. And I think Mm. that's that's really adding to the problem instead of just pausing for some thought almost in terms of how do we do this? What is the underlying construct or value that we're trying to live up to or aspire to within this? And how could we do this in a clever way, given the constraints that we have at the moment? Sure, absolutely. So, Karina, last question for today, and I've really enjoyed our conversation, but when an individual has reached that point of burnout or when a team is really just facing these high levels of exhaustion, how do we come back from that? Which of, I know JVR has a whole bucket of power skills that we can draw from, but which are those key skills that we really need to and cultivate. I know you've mentioned resilience already. What is what are the power skills we need to employ? Yeah, Karen, the difference between the signs of stress and burnout is really a matter of degree. Burnout usually slowly stalks us and announces itself once it's too late, and then all our wheels come off. So it's very important that we need prevention is better than cure, like all things in life as well. So what is very important that we need to create an awareness, a self-awareness of what is going on. We know burnout is not a permanent state. So it takes quite a long time to recover. If we manage it properly, we can actually stop. It can stop us from going the same path again. That awareness is really important to be attuned to our bodies and and our emotions. If we experience signs and symptoms of burnout, and if our friends and our colleagues tell us that we show these symptoms, we need to acknowledge the fact that we may be suffering from burnout or that we are on our way there. And once you are aware of something, you can actually do something about it. So it's important to also identify the root causes of stress in your life. Maybe use a stress diary to list all the situations that that make you feel stressed and worried and helpless. Maybe for each of these stresses, think about one change, one small change that you can make to reduce the impact of the stress on your life. Learn to say no, be assertive, delegate some of your tasks, create a support system. And on a very basic level, make sure that you get enough good sleep, exercise regularly and eat healthily. So all of these are skills that we can learn. And yes, at JVR Academy, we have a whole lot of programs that can build skills to cope better with the challenges we are facing. And we are also next month, we are launching a brand new self-directed EQE learning program that individuals and teams can do in their own time from wherever they are. And more information about that will also be posted on our website soon. Fantastic, Karen. I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's phenomenal what you guys are putting out there. And just great to know that organizations do have somewhere to come for support. So we are not going this alone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed this conversation and I'm looking forward to our next conversation in which we start looking at those toxic practices in the workplace, which may be perpetuating the situation. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me.